Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Hello, good morning, and welcome to this week's Modernize or Die podcast, CFML News Edition. I'm Eric Peterson, and I'm joined by Mr. Brad Wood. Hey, Brad. What is up, Mr. Eric Peterson? Not too much. We've had some fun snow out here where I live in Utah. We, my kids have been sledding basically every day. So, been having fun nice. with that. Yeah, we had a about three or four inches of snow here in Kansas city. And I, I got the kids out sledding once, but after two weeks of ridiculous coldness, it's sprung up in the, the warm forties and fifties. Um, and so it all pretty much melted off yesterday. So our sledding has come to an end until the next time. That's fun. We hope everybody else is doing well, wherever you are in the world. We want to thank our sponsor order solutions for helping us produce this podcast one great way you can give back to Order Solutions is to support CFCast, re- releasing new content every week. We'll go over that later. We also want to t- thank our Patreon supporters. We have 33 Patreons providing 69% of the funding for this podcast. You can find more at patreon.com slash Solutions. There's some nice new perks there that we've covered in the last few weeks that you can go read up there as well. And if you are a Patreon supporter and you're a part of the Ordis community, if you don't have the Patreon supporter badge, uh, let us know and we'll make sure that gets added so that you can have that swag to show around the community that you're a, a Patreon supporter. Awesome. Well, let's jump into some news and events. Cold Fusion 2016 is end of life. Is that the right uh, verbiage? Uh, end of life? Um, I, I need to look, I assume that, um, it's still an extended support, but probably just out of core support because Adobe basically has a point where they stop releasing fixes, which I think has kind of happened for a while now, but, uh, to the general public, but it's still covered under the extended support you can pay for. However, in the past, extended support has been clarified to basically be upgrade support. (laughs) So you can pay them and they will help you upgrade, but they still ain't going to fix nothing on it. So I, I think for all practical intents and purposes, there will probably be no more fixes of any kind, regardless of how much you pay Adobe, um, most likely. But yeah, either way, if you do not have a plan to get off of 2016 or a previous version, you should be getting a plan so you can stay current. Yes. So that... Date was officially February 17th, 2021. Extended support is available through February 17th of 2022. And so, yeah, get uh, get an upgrade plan in place to 2018 or 2021 or uh, over to Lucy. So, but <laughs> over not Lucy. I know that some people have been hanging off on 2021. For instance, the cold box framework is yeah. still completely broken. Uh, on the final release of 2021, which is very unfortunate. Um, and that should be being fixed in the first updater, but I don't I don't know exactly. I I heard a vague uh, report that in the next month or so, they were looking to push that, but Adobe doesn't like to, to say dates publicly because then they'll get pinned down on them. So hopefully uh, the first updater of 2021 will come out, resolve some of the initial issues, and then people will be able to go ahead and upgrade, um, take some pressure off. Right. 
Okay. Uh, Prism.js, a popular code highlighting framework, now supports CFML script thanks to Matt Clemente. So this has been highlighted on our podcast for a few weeks now as Matt has done some live streams working on this. But his merge request was merged on GitHub. So CFML script syntax highlighting is now in Prism.js. Nice. So I, uh, I'm not super familiar with Prism, even though I've heard of it. I assume this is a library you can include, a JavaScript library you can include on your website in order to have formatted code blocks. Exactly. Yep. So for all of us running our blogs that have been using the same old, uh, like, is it Highlight JS? It's one of the older ones. Yeah. <laughs> Prism is, is definitely more up to date. Um, but of course, the way the JavaScript community uh, moves is probably out of date already, and we just don't know it. <laughs> Yeah, Prism so last week. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's nice because I I have to resort to using like the JavaScript you know brush or in a lot of different uh, highlighting frameworks because there won't be proper script format for Full Fusion. Right, same. So I'm excited for that. Okay, a uh, couple events coming up. This is the week of meetups and uh, webinars. There is an Adobe webinar tomorrow, February twenty fourth. SQL, I Know Enough to Break Everything with Dave Ferguson. This is at 8 a.m. Pacific time, and it's one of the Adobe meetups. So I believe this is uh, fairly similar to the ones Dave has given at different conferences, but going over kind of some SQL gotchas and how to tune your SQL for your ColdFusion application. Paste the, fun. paste the link there in the show notes. <clears throat> there is another SQL-related meetup as well on the 25th so the next two days you get two sequel meetups this one with sean odin the golden hammer confessions of a recovering database abuser i see a trend here i do too <laughs> it's almost like databases are important to our applications you know i kind of like uh and i don't know the exact content of these sessions but they seem to be coming at it from the angle of the things they've done wrong um and i, I kind of like those sort of um not even talks. I mean, I, even videos on YouTube I found on like how to weld that are like, here's how not to do it. And you're like, oh, that's actually helpful. Um, I kind of like this sort of stuff because it, it talks about the things you don't want to do, not just the things you do want to do. So it right. should be pretty cool. Yeah. And both of these talks in the description talk about how, you know, I got the answer. I got the code working. And I just <laughs> left it. Um, and I we all do that, right? Get it done. Move on to the next thing. But it's yep. nice to see somebody's example of here's how to make it better. So, like okay, that. and then third in a row on Friday, there is an Ordis webinar. This one's not on SQL, but uh, it's <laughs> with Mr. John Clausen taking control of logging and error handling with Stashbox. Stashbox. Stashbox is our newest box product. It is a um, backed by Elasticsearch consolidating logs, and you will love to find out what you can do with this. So you can register has, for that. It has a sweet, sweet logo with a mustache and the order swirl for the monocle. Yeah, it might be our best logo ever. It, it's pretty good. So, <laughs> you can register for that on ordersolutions.com slash events slash webinars. The recording of that will also be available on CFCasts shortly after. There, in case you missed it, this last week we had there was a ColdFusion user group that went over Docker with John Farrar. We have a link to that for you. 
going over um, kind of some of the basics of Docker and how to set that up for with the Cold Fusion application. I saw some uh, some notes about it online. It looked like it was a, a good primer on how Docker works. And there can never be too many primers on how Docker works. <laughs> There's just, that thing is important and confusing. So, okay. It looks like we have uh, some Forgebox updates too. Uh, updates about the actual website, not just the packages on there. There's been some pricing updates. So Forgebox uh, has had some pro accounts that you could use to store your private packages. And we've consolidated the plans and made them cheaper. So you can get a pro account now for $5 a month. I believe Yay, there's cheaper. also, um, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a uh, Patreon perk with the Forgebox pro accounts. Is that right? No, I don't know. I need to go look. Okay. I believe I, there is. <laughs> you can check that out on patreon.com slash order solutions. Um, yes. Right now. If you are a bronze supporter or up, you receive a one free Forgebox Pro subscription. So that will let you have private packages. It will let you store your packages on our Forgebox storage. And uh, where, do you you find can... the, where do you find the perks? I'm like on the Patreon site. Oh, you want to know what my problem is? I'm actually logged in to Patreon. And so I'm getting the you own this page page, not the uh, what the public sees when they come here. Got it. That's my problem. So yeah, come on over to well, I, uh, I like that. Forgebox.io slash plans. You can see what's available on each plan level. And uh, yeah, uh, all around simplified and a price decrease. So wins for everybody. Okay, we've talked about it a few times, but it's so cool. We'll mention it one more time. The new orders community is awesome. You can access it at community.ordersolutions.com. We already have a lot of people responding over there, getting help, answering questions, and all easily searchable, which is something we can't save for Slack, unfortunately. Yeah, I like the Slack conversations, but they, they quickly disappear into the ether of the Slack history monster who eats them up. Um, unless so, you pay the pay the offering <laughs> yeah unless you sacrifice to the the slack gods um and in uh in in discourse we have a, a plugin installed so you can even mark uh a, an answer as their solution to kind of help people who come later on they see they find the same conversation they can see the solution that's listed there so so we hope to see you over there in the orders community whether you're getting help or just chatting with us about different box products or really whatever you want. <laughs> oh, uh, something I can mention since we're on that topic. Um, somebody had actually just asked the other day, um, they, uh, they were expecting to get an email every time a new message came into discourse because that's how like the Google groups work. You subscribe to the Google group, you get, you know, every time a message comes in, you get an email. By default, that's not how discourse is set up. You only get emailed about discussions that you're a part of. Um, but for what it's worth, if you want to, you can subscribe to a, a category. Um, so if you go into the community.ordersolutions.com and you were to click over to like the cold box HMVC category, there's a little notification bell. Um, and 
by default, it says normal. You'll be notified if somebody mentions you and you can change it to tracking. You'll be automatically tracking all topics in these categories. You'll be notified if someone mentions your name or replies to you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so there's a handful. Uh, there's also watching notified of all topics. So if you want to be able to keep up with all the discussions, even if you know, you're not a part of it yet in any of our categories, command box, full box, content box, uh, you can go into discourse and just change your kind of notification settings on a per category basis. And then you'll get emails as soon as uh, activity happens. So I, I wasn't even super familiar with that until somebody asked about it this week. And then I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that. Okay. Let's talk about CF casts. As we mentioned, CFCast is a great way to support or the solutions, and we release new content every week. We are releasing right now videos in our Command Box Zero to Hero series. This is the workshop that Brad ran, and the videos releasing this week were config settings and history, other ex execution examples, and the backtick expression. So you can check those out as a subscriber on CFCast.com. And more is yep. still coming in that series, plus all of the content that we've already released. Yep, and those, I believe, are exclusive uh, content to CFCast subscribers. So mm -hmm. not just um, recycled screencasts that are already public, but exclusive to the, uh, the paying members. I'll point out once again, if you are a Patreon supporter at the bronze level or higher, you do get access with a paid, a free paid subscription to CFCast. So, so the, the answer here really is sign up for Patreon and you can get access to Forgebox, you can get access to CFCast, there's all kinds of perks. Yep. We read your name every week, you're on our sponsors page, some good <laughs> things there. Okay. If you really want, you can pay extra and we won't read your name. We, we, <laughs> do we have a, you? if you pay us extra, we'll say your name pronounce it correctly yeah yeah you say it's actually we'll pronounce it properly uh, i like that hopefully if in all seriousness if we are mispronouncing your name please let us know we'll do our best to fix that <laughs> and, and we won't charge you for it okay <laughs> um let's talk about some conferences coming up um dev nexus happened did it not did you did. Uh, did you attend any of those brad I did not. Um, I got all the emails. I saw the stuff. I didn't watch any of the virtual sessions. Um, I found myself quite busy and I can't, I can't listen to talking in the background. I either can't work and I have to listen to it or I just tune it out and I'm like, oh, I wasn't listening. Um, so I, uh, I had a lot of stuff I was working on. Unfortunately, I didn't hit any of the sessions. Yeah, I'm trying to find right now if they are going to be putting the videos up later. I have not it was a free event, so I assume at some point they will. It does not look like it's up right now. Um, but we will let you know as we find that. Um, and I agree with you. I have a hard time with paying attention to a virtual conference. It's just... <laughs> one of the benefits of going to a physical conference for me is everything else is left behind. <laughs> and yeah, so Yeah, I agree. You can just like forget about stuff to the extent that it's possible and focus on it. So, yeah, but we do what we can right now. Hopefully it is. It looks like it's ending soon, but fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. Um, Redis conf is coming up. We've been announcing the call for speakers, which closed this last week. 
and that will be April 20th and 21st. And we have a date also for DockerCon, May 27th. So both of these are, um, I believe, free online events. DockerCon definitely is. And uh, DockerCon will also melt your brain, as Docker usually does, in a good way. Melts it in a good way. <laughs> Gotta look through. Uh, so I guess they don't have sessions up for RedisCon then, do they? Um, I, I don't oh. believe so. Yeah, it looks like the call for speakers just ended a couple of days ago. I'm, I'm curious what all they have. I've noticed uh, a lot of, uh, of new ColdFusion people picking up Redis. It seems to be a really popular um, solution for session cache storage in Lucy. And of course, Ordis has their own extension for Lucy that helps do that. Um, but I've just seen a lot more people using it, and it's really easy to, to spin up a Docker and things like that. So yeah. I might see if I can find a couple sessions that are interesting in the Redis comp. Awesome. And we have our workshop coming up for quick March 11th and 12th. We've been announcing this for a while. Um, there is a blog post that we'll link you to in the show notes and here in chat that goes over the, what you're going to learn there and what you'll need to get ready. I hope to see you there. It's going to be awesome. It's been really fun working on it, getting it ready right now and polishing it. So I hear it's led by the creator of quick himself, I know. Eric Peterson. It, it, it is, which means you'll at least be getting um, some decent information, you know, <laughs> firsthand information. Um, great. Right. More dates are to come for our uh, the Command Box Zero to Hero and Cold Box Zero to Hero, as well as bringing back our Cold Box Hero to Superhero API edition workshops later in this year. And of course, stay tuned as we um, work out what we are doing for Into the Box this year. We are pl shooting for later in the fall, and we'll let you know what that's going to look like as it comes closer. Okay, let's move on to blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. So we have, I w when I was going through the show notes, we have <laughs> the Ben Corner. And most of them are, it's fun to watch uh, the part numbers. It's his HTML email DSL using custom tags. And this week we got part 9, part 10, and part 11. So I thought we could combine those and kind of talk about what's going on and link you to those. But again, this is Ben's experiment creating custom tags to render out emails since emails are notoriously... Um, picky at how they render in email clients. So I'll put a link here in the chat to the last one, but definitely check those out if you're dealing with the same issues of creating these emails that need to work in all the different uh, email clients from scratch and you want to use ColdFusion tags. I noticed he had a GitHub repo in it now. And uh, I wanted to say, like, uh, what, Forgebox, or it didn't happen. Something <laughs> like that. So. I wrote a library. <laughs> it's not a Forgebox. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I um, actually don't know how that would work since it's all custom tags. I, you know, they, I don't know how much Coldbox can help with that, but it still would be nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you could obviously use custom tags in a Coldbox app. Coldbox itself doesn't really do anything. What I'm trying to figure out is how much I've seen his 
blog series. I haven't actually read any of them yet. I'm trying to figure out how much of what he's written is like a reusable library and how much of it he's written is just something that's sort of uh, unique to what he's doing. A lot of it's uh, reusable, like Ebba prefixing tags like an HTML paragraph tag um, because you have to have certain styles and um, structure uh, on yeah. that. So. so he's importing a tag lib uh, prefix as core and he has HTML entity theme, he has core styles, core block margins. Um, you know, it's interesting. The Colvox has an HTML helper, um, but it's more of a service. And it's, you know, it's the DSL with this method you call and just outputs HTML. Um, it's kind of fun just to see some good old fashioned tags, um, just since it, it is specifically for HTML output and it does, you know, nest nicely. It would be interesting to see if, uh, if stuff like this could be combined with like the Coldbox mail services. Um, which is more around the, the the plumbing of sending the email, you know, and then what providers it goes through and has some basic things for creating the message, but not much. It'd be interesting to see if this yeah. could be combined with like the Coldbox mail services to have the infrastructure of how you send it and then have additional tools and actually creating the message itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I do all the time with Coldbox mail services is rendering a view. So you can render a view mm -hmm. with all these custom tags and there you go. Um, I know in one of our projects, we're using a, a different library called uh, MJML. I don't even know what it stands for, but uh, it compiles... Michael Jackson markup language? <laughs> Probably not, but uh, it compiles custom tags to um, HTML emails. So it's for HTML, has responsive. It's much more opinionated, it looks like, than... It than stands here. for Mailjet markup language. There you go. So we hmm. compile those and then point our uh, CB mail services to render the compiled view. And I, you could do something similar with this. So when you say compile, is it creating like a CFM file on the fly? Um, yeah, there's a compile step that com takes the MJML and creates a CFM. Technically just an HTML file, but we name it CFM. <laughs> Interesting. So. Um, okay. Yeah. So there's three blog posts for that for you to catch up with on this HTML email DSL. And um, yeah, Forgeboxer didn't happen. <laughs> you heard it, Ben. <laughs> Get it on Forgebox. It would be interesting um, uh, if you could build a Coldbox module or just a box module that could automatically register custom tags. Um yeah. Import I, them. Though I'm also debating: Would you really want to do? Is it really better to import it manually? Just interesting concept. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, we have a couple more from Ben to talk about. The next is replacing blank lines um, using multi-line mode regex patterns, and it's using both the built-in CFML uh, regex engine and the Java engine. And the too long didn't read here is used always use the Java engine. Huh. Um, at least that was my my takeaway. Uh, basically, the built-in CFML would leave the blank lines in the result, and the Java's replace all would take out the new line character as well. So, which is usually what you want. I know I've ran into this when I've done um, Advent of Code 
around uh, December, where they give you your problem, and almost all of them are new line delimited, and Cold Fusion just has a hard time getting rid of a new line character, um, or two new line characters in a row, and so I'm always dropping into Java to do that work, so... Um, it's interesting. A lot of JavaScript libraries seem to be on a line by line basis, unless you explicitly tell them. Whereas with Cold Fusion, the the regular expression stuff is always just one giant string, which may or may not have line breaks, but who cares? Um, but yeah, I'm curious. Uh, have, not having fully read this blog post, I'm curious if these are if the behavior is a bug in Cold Fusion's built-in regex, or just a difference in the way it works. Kind of From what I understand, it's it's just a difference in the way it works. Um, but yeah, you can also switch over in Adobe, I think, 2018 and newer to use Java as your regex engine. Yeah, yeah, so, 2018. Um, ben mentioned and, he knows that setting exists and expects them to match, but did not test that example. So, yeah, and I don't think Lucy... Lucy... The stable version of Lucy doesn't have it. It was added in 5.3.8. Right. So it's... Build 79. So that's still going to have to be in the release candidate if you want to try yep. uh, Lucy's. In fact, there's a comment on this about Lucy supporting that from Zach on this mm -hmm. uh, blog post. So, so yeah, my, t my takeaway is use Java, not the uh, built-in one. <laughs> your Your takeaway may vary. Mm -hmm. Last Ben post is about trees and <laughs> kind of flattening trees into a, a CSV file. It was it was interesting. Oh, so. I saw him tweet about this, but I yeah, he was talking about having a nested structure and wanted to flatten it, and I was wondering how exactly would you go about doing that. So I think the most uh, the reason why I would pitch to you the listener why you should read this article is at some point in your career you will interact with trees even if you don't think it's a tree um <laughs> and knowing how to to traverse that is it's a skill you'll want and it can be kind of confusing so it's nice to have um this example from ben as another way to try to understand those trees so interesting it looks like he's basically just building an, an uh, sort of like an ancestry uh tree for each node sounds like a excellent use of recursion okay uh a podcast came out this week in the working code podcast about scaling and i thought this quote at the beginning was was a uh, very true it says an engineer at squarespace once referred to his company as an overnight success seven years in the making <laughs> so that kind of does feel like, like businesses, like and you put in all this hard work and all of a sudden it just kind of takes off, but it's, it's nothing, nothing, nothing. Then it all, everything happens. I'm trying to think of, there's another quote like that, but. Nah, I don't think I've heard coming. any of those quotes. <laughs> That's pretty good. So we'll, we'll link to that uh, podcast. In the show notes. Um, next, James Moberg t tweeted out that Lucy has unit tests with their source. And this is one of the lovely things about having op an open source project is you can go see this. Whereas <laughs> Adobe 
um, likely has tests, but we don't know. <laughs> um, and Lucy's are uh, available. In fact, I believe they run most of them in test box. Correct, Brad? They do. They do. Uh, Lucy's tests are all using, I say all, there might be some that aren't, but I, I believe most of Lucy's tests are using test box. I know that for every bug that gets put in the Lucy bug tracker, um, usually uh, Pothys from Microsoft or one of the other people that help out will go create a failing test case with a, a test box, you know, test case that they'll commit to the repository. And then when Misha or whoever goes to fix the bug, he'll activate that failing test case he massages the code until the test pass, and then that remains as a as a forever part of the Lucy build. Uh, was one of the kind of cool things about the Lucy build because um, if you just clone the Lucy repo and you CD into like the the core directory or whatever it is, and you run you know ant, um, it'll run the the ant build and it'll it'll run all the tests as part of it, and it actually runs Lucy. <laughs> inside of an ant build using GSR 223. So that, you know, inside of the XML definition of the build is like the bootstrap called fusion code that creates test box and says, here's all the specs and run them. And then the output of that just gets streamed out to the console. It's sort of a cool um, interaction. Yeah. Uh, but it, it means that you can actually, you know, see in a, in a common community understood format of a regular test box spec. And if you put in a ticket for Lucy, you can include your own you know, test cases, you're saying, I, th I think this test should be, you know, passing. I and mean, that can become part of uh, part of Lucy. So if, if any bug that was fixed ever regresses again, you know, they'll know right away. And then those are, you know, a public record, um, which, like you said, Adobe has test cases. I've heard them talk about them. Unfortunately, those have never, ever been anything public. So no one ever has the ability to see them or to contribute to them or, or know what they do. When I did the uh, when I did the query query changes um, for Lucy five three eight, I wrote a whole suite of tests for it, which was Misha's re big requirement was in order to have it merge, there must be tests for everything, and I was like, very fair. <laughs> right. That's also I want to point out a great way to get started with testing. If you're like I have no idea where to test my huge application that's never had tests, mm -hmm. is when you know there's a bug. Like prove the bug in a test, then make the test pass. And like yeah. you said, it forever stands there as this bug has been fixed. <laughs> and if you ever unfix it, which happens to all of us, your tests will yell at you instead of your customers. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know how many times in the past I've had a bug that was like reoccurring. and be like, oh, how did we not find this again? You know, and it was like, well, if you had a test... As part of your test suite, the first time you fix the stupid bug, you wouldn't break it every third release. <laughs> awesome. Let's move on from our blogs, tweets, and videos of the week to find a job. Get a job. Get a job. I am going to take that little jingle you just sang and... Like put it in this show from now on. That was amazing. We'll turn it up. Um, every every time we get to that, that pops in my head. It's it's an oldie. Oh no, it's it's not yours. It's copyrighted. Never mind. We're not gonna do that. It is probably okay. most definitely. Copyrighted. I don't know. It could be common domain. Jeez, how old is that song? <laughs> no, nothing's public domain if it was made after like 1940 or something. Anyways, oh, um, <laughs> get CFML jobs is listing 45 cold fusion positions from 27 companies 
32 locations and five countries. This week we have two new jobs, a senior software engineer at West Palm Beach and a Cofusion developer in St. Paul, Minnesota. Both posted within the last uh, few days. So if you're looking for a job, head out to that website. We love Get CFML Jobs and uh, good luck with the job hunting. Nice. Okay. I put a link. I put a link to the song. It's by the Silhouettes, 1957. And there's a whole list of license holders here in YouTube for it. <laughs> Everybody owns a license to this sucker. Uh, that's right. But YouTube's probably going to monetize the stream just because I sang that clip. You know that would they're, be. They're out. Their algorithm's crazy. I don't know how YouTube does it, man. I think you kept it under the uh, like eight seconds, so we oh, should be oh safe. is that the limit? I, there, there is a limit on like fair use, like an automatic one. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. Wow. Alrighty, Ford's Box module of the week. This week we're looking at one called Command Box Navigate. This is a Command Box module that gives you a way to kind of navigate your command box history as if it was a web browser. Have so I seen this? You can, um, you have a set history and you can change the values. I believe it's 25 by default and you can go back one page, navigate back five pages forward, anything like that. So that's the working directory. I think I did see this. I had forgotten about this. Yeah. Adam, uh, Ewins, Ewins. I don't know how to say his last name. Um, there, there's a built-in functionality in Command Box where you can do CD hyphen, and that'll just change you back to whatever your previous working directory was before you changed the last time. But it's just a kind of a one-shot deal. I had totally forgotten about this module I, here. I believe the CD hyphen is also a uh, built-in like Unix shell. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's where it came from. I forget the Don Bearquist. Possibly. Yes, yeah, somebody had pointed it out to me because I had never even heard of it, and it was a, totally a bash feature, and we added it into Command Box. Um, so I think my favorite thing on this library right now, besides the value it brings, is it looks like there's an alias that's using the arrows, like ASCII arrows, and that makes me very happy. <laughs> um, I don't think you can actually use the arrow key. I think you have to type hyphen greater than yeah, yeah, th that's what I meant. Um, let me show the my oh, screen okay. for those that are like, what in the world is Eric talking about? So right here, the different aliases to navigate back, you can use the command, or you can use this arrow, which makes me happy. Um, even if it's not practical, it's cool. So <laughs> that is command box navigate. You can install it uh, right now from ForgeBox. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I do that quite a bit. I'm jumping around between projects, and then I'm like, ah, oh, crap, what directory was I in, um, you know, 15 minutes ago. So. Yeah. Okay, and our VS Code hint, tip and trick of the week, we have an extension today called Local History. So um, we all are constantly, you know, spamming Control-S, Command-S, saving our file. And if you're like me, at some point you're like, oh, <laughs> I got rid of something I needed, like, I don't know, a dozen, two dozen edits ago, and I furiously control Z all the way back to it, copy it, and then control Y all the way back to where I was and paste it back in. Well, sometimes it's not uh, not 
that easy or it's so far back or you need to look at a diff. Local history helps you here um, by utilizing VS Code's um, history cache it's already keeping and letting you view those, compare them, do a diff, kind of like you do in the Git editor you can do with your local history files. Yeah, and Eclipse has a similar feature, doesn't it? I don't know because I live in 2021. <laughs> well, it's been a long time since I've <laughs> seen it, but I was pretty certain that Eclipse had something like this quite a while ago. There was local history, but if I remember, it was it was fairly limited on what one would have stored. But so yeah, because yeah. I've done the, I've done the same thing where you're like, ah, oh, crap, uh, what did I have in this file 20 minutes ago? And you you know you hit, you hold down Control Z and it gets to a certain point and it's like you've reached the end of your buffer and you're like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yep we, we've all run into that so this extension can help you in those cases or just help you from having to hit control z for you know 30 seconds <laughs> that's always dangerous too you know like you, you hold down control z to get the file back where it was 10 minutes to go to copy something out of it and then you know control y or control shift z to redo all the way to the current thing but if you accidentally hit a keystroke somewhere in the middle it's like oh no you've branched off here it's all gone yeah yeah and you you uh you can't redo that anymore exactly uh things we all do let's uh, <laughs> okay so let's finish off by thanking our lovely patreon supporters finish him thank you for supporting all our open source initiatives thank you for supporting this podcast as we mentioned there are some neat perks now available to those on the bronze packages and up you get your little badge on the community website and access to a private forum. There's a lot of mm -hmm. great perks here over on Patreon now, and we hope to see you joining us. And with that, uh, Brad, do you want to read and hopefully pronounce sure. correctly our wonderful I'll, Patreons? Supporters? I'll butcher the names today. <laughs> um, thanks to our Patreon supporters, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, and Carla Gomez, David Bellinger, Yogesh Mathur, Mario Rodriguez, John Wilson from Synaptrix, Joseph Lamery, Ben Nadell, Brett DeLine, Carl Von Staten, Charlie Earhart, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, uh, Didier Lisnicki, Edgardo Cabezas, Jan Yannick, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Jeremy Adams, Jonas, Jonas Erickson, Jordan Clark, Kai Koenig, Laxma, with the last name that starts with the T that I really always butcher, Leon uh, Sarah Mellis, it's a newer name, Matthew Darby, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Patrick Flynn, Ross Phillips, Scott Steinbeck, and Stephen Klotz. Woo! It's getting to be a long list. Thank you so much, guys, for helping support us. Well, thank you for joining us today on the this podcast. We'll be back with you next week at the same time. Have a great one. Adios, amoebas. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.